You're listening to an audio sermon by Pastor Bernard Milder from Household of Christ. We trust that you will be encouraged and blessed as you listen to the Word of God. I want to minister this morning on grace, the grace that brings opportunities into our life, the grace of God. We make the year new by the way that we live it. We make the year new by the way that we live it. For us to be successful and to do what God has called us to do, we have to change our attitude. Turn to the person next to you and say, you have to change your attitude. You might think you have a good attitude, but there's many things that can happen to us in life that affects our attitude. Joshua spoke to the people of Israel in the book of Joshua 24, verse 23, and he says, I'm urging you, I'm asking you to put away the idols, the foreign gods that you have. Remove them if you are serious about serving God. Now, you might tell me here this morning that I don't have any idols in my house. I'm not serving any foreign gods. But you might have idols in your heart. Anger, jealousy, bitterness. You know what are the things that's removing Jesus from the throne. When we talk about new opportunities or opportunities that God wants to give us, we have to start by thanking Him. A person of faith says thank you, before he's received his miracle, before he's received his breakthrough. What are the things that you've placed in your heart? In the book of Hebrews, Paul says, remove the sins, lay aside the weights that so easily ensnare you. The things that cause distractions in your life. Are you still keeping to your New Year resolutions? The decisions that you've made? things that you're going to do. In our busy life, we often have to consider what is in my life that is keeping me back from serving God? What are the things hindering me to be the best me? Ask yourself this one simple question. Am I serving God to the best of my ability? Are you serving God to the best of your ability? Ask yourself, what habits do I have in my life that could hinder me from serving God, that could have an impact on my quality of life? What are the things that I should give my attention to, things that I should learn so that I can serve God in a better way? These are very real questions because when we ask these questions, we know God is looking at our hearts. God doesn't look outwardly. He looks inwardly. I might stand here and look like a pastor outwardly, but Jesus sees if I'm a pastor inwardly. That involves faith, believing in the Word of God, that He has planned good things for us. Turn to the person next to you and say, God has planned good things for you. 
What are the things that you have to forsake to become a better person? If you want to be a better pastor six months from now, a year from now, five years from now, what are the things that I have to forsake to become a better pastor? What are the things that I have to include in my life? Study to become a better pastor. The same is true of you as a father, as a mother, as a wife, as a husband. So that we can go from glory to glory and strength to strength. This is the year that God said we are positioned to attract His favor. Not favor outwardly, favor from God. Because that's a blessing that remains with us. So you're going to have to keep your focus. Paul goes on in the second verse, he says, looking unto Jesus, the author, the finisher, the perfecter of our faith. Hebrews 12 verse 2. The author, the finisher, the perfecter of our faith. You have to keep your focus in this year. There are many things that can cause distractions in our lives. Say, David, the things that he had to go through, he went through the cross because he knew there would be eternal glory. Turn to the person next to you and say, there's a reward. But don't lose focus. Every decision that you make, make sure that decision is rooted in the Word of God. Or it can very easily lead to destruction. Because there's a way that seems right to man, but the end is death. Turn to the person next to you and say, include God. Many times we say things out of conviction, but it's not out of our conversion. I mean, you are convinced, but not converted by the things that you say. Some people that don't know God, they can have a conviction about something, but they're completely wrong. Whatever decisions you make, the things that you believe with all your heart, make sure it's rooted in the Word of God. It's then when the word helps us, it leads us, it guides us. Amen. Turn with me in your Bibles to the book of Ephesians chapter 4, verse 17. This I say therefore and testify in the Lord that you should no longer walk as the rest of the Gentiles walk in the futility of their minds, having their understanding darkened, being alienated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them because of the blindness of their heart. Isaiah said, Arise, shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord is risen upon you. For behold, there's deep darkness over the earth, over the world. That darkness talks about ignorance. You cannot be ignorant. You cannot let just the things that you are thinking and meditating upon, if it's not in line with the Word of God, it will affect your way of thinking and the way that you behave because of the blindness of their hearts. The things that you meditate upon, the things that's going on in your heart will either enlighten your heart or darken your heart. We're being past feeling, have given themselves over to lewdness, to work all uncleanness with greediness. As Christians, we shouldn't be greedy. Amen. We should be generous. Amen. If you're battling with greediness in your heart, your prayer should be Holy Spirit of self-control. Forgive my greed. And let him take over and have a heart that is generous. 
wanting to help people and not just help yourself. Amen? But you have not so learned Christ, if indeed you have heard Him and have been taught by Him, as the truth is in Jesus, that you put off concerning your former conduct. What are the things that you have to remove out of your life? The things that you have to put off. The things that you know that's keeping you back. Concerning your former conduct, the old, which grows corrupt according to the deceitful lusts, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind, and that you may put on the new man. Turn to the person next to you and say, put on the new man. Tell them again, say, put on the new man. Family, there's an old man and there's a new man. You want to be the new man. Amen. Put on the new man which was created according to God in true righteousness and holiness. In true righteousness and holiness. He is saying there's an opportunity for saints for those who believe in what Jesus did upon the cross to live in true righteousness and holiness. So it's impossible. There's nobody that's holy. You're 100% right. Only God is holy. But through the death of the Lord Jesus Christ, Romans 5 says, when we believe by faith, we have been justified. Now in Christ Jesus, we have the opportunity to live in true righteousness. There's a fake righteousness. There's self-righteousness. There's a righteousness that comes from man when he thinks he's better because he's doing things right. That kind of righteousness does not please God. But the righteousness that we are talking about, he who knew no sin became sin so that we can become the righteousness of God through Christ Jesus. He never sinned, but he became your sin. You were never righteous but you became his righteousness. Righteousness, true righteousness, comes from Christ and not from yourself. You missed a good place to say amen. amen. True righteousness comes from Christ, not from ourselves. Everybody wants the blessings of God. Let me see your hand if you want to be blessed by God. You want the blessings of God in your life. Do you have the character of Christ to maintain the blessings of Christ. You want to see his works, but you don't want to learn his ways. You want to come to the prayer line for your healing to receive the gift, but you're not interested in the giver. Healing, deliverance, breakthrough, what you are seeking is not the end. It's the means to an end. The end is a lasting relationship with your Creator. So that after you've received your healing, your deliverance, and your breakthrough, you will still have a relationship with Him. Do you know your situation and your circumstances can have an impact upon your relationship with God? The converted, we live by faith. It means we're not looking at our situation. We're looking to Jesus, the author, the finisher, the perfecter of our faith. Your circumstances can affect your relationship with God. Turn to the person next to you and say, your situation can cause you to lose your focus. 
This is why there's only one way. If you want to position yourself in this year to attract God's favor, to have the open heaven, God is aware of your situation. If you want an open heaven, you must take hold of your heart. You must take hold of your heart. If you want to be positioned to attract God's favor, it's all about your heart, the humility of your heart. In this year, where we are to walk in humility, humility, true humility, is a total dependence upon the Lord Jesus Christ for everything. You have to allow your heart to become the watchman in all that you do. Then you will do what God asks of you to do. But if your heart is not the watchman and situation and circumstances, it can pull you in different directions. That's why we have to pray. What does the Bible teach us in the book of 2 Chronicles? 7 verse 14, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves, turn from their wicked ways, I will hear from heaven, I will heal them. Humble yourself under the mighty hand of God and he will draw near to you, James 4. So it's all about humility of heart, not pride. Success does not come through pride and arrogance, but through true humility. There's sometimes some stopping intervals. The New Testament teaches us, watch and pray. Pray without ceasing. Romans 8 says, the Holy Spirit helps us to pray. How is it possible to pray without ceasing, without the help of the Holy Spirit? Whatever the enemy brings in against you to push you down, to lower you, in that moment when you humble yourself before God, God will lift you up. Turn with me in your Bibles to the book of Daniel chapter 6. It's a good thing if you serve God from a conviction, faith, because then whatever you face, you'll be able to overcome it. But if you're not serving God from a conviction, from faith, putting your trust in Him, what will you do when you face challenges? Daniel chapter 6. Now, very interesting, they couldn't find anything wrong with him because he was faithful. The only accusation they could bring in against Daniel was that he was faithful to his God. Daniel 6 verse 10. Now, when Daniel knew that the writing was signed, he went home and in his upper room with his windows open towards heaven or Jerusalem, he knelt down on his knees three times that day and prayed and gave thanks before his God as was his custom since early days. Can you see here the situation and his circumstances did not dictate his prayer life, did not dictate what he was praying about. The Bible says, as was his custom, he went on his knees and he thanked God. Thank you, Lord, for being good. Thank you, Lord, for being my shield, for being my protection, for being my exceedingly great reward. And he gave thanks to God, as was his custom. Godly men have godly habits. Godly women have godly habits. To come to church on a Sunday is a good godly habit. To pray every day is a good godly habit. To read your Bible is a good habit. To be kind and polite is a good godly habit. Mr. Good place to say amen. Did this week make you angry, family? 
Did you get offended this week? Turn to the person next to you and say, don't let your situation dictate your praise. You know why you have to take control of your heart? Because oftentimes your heart has caused you to sin against God, to sin against your neighbor. You have to seek righteousness. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Daniel didn't call Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and say, we have to do a spiritual warfare prayer meeting. No, no, no. His custom was three times a day he gave thanks. Stay where you have to be sensitive to what God wants to do. There's a time to intercede. But this was his time to give thanks. Lord, you are in control. Family, listen to me. Nobody in this life can succeed on his own. Turn to the person next to you and say, nobody can succeed on their own. Tell them, I need you like you need me. I'm going to pray for you. You pray for me. We need good, inspired, informed people in life to be successful. What you see here in this building is because they are faithful and committed, hardworking people helping us, making me look better than what I am. That's what a team does. In a team, you always look stronger than what you really are. Give yourself a hand. Say, thank you, Jesus. Success starts with humility, not with pride. When he heard, he didn't say, I've done nothing wrong. Don't you know I'm Daniel, the one who's done nothing wrong? Didn't start with that pride. He humbled himself and he prayed. That's what he did. In verse 16, when the king heard what happened, the king said, Daniel, may the God whom you serve continually deliver you. This is a challenge to all Christians today. Are you serving God continually or are you serving God on Sundays? Are you serving God Monday to Saturday? Because the king was the one who threw him in the lion's den. It means your enemies should be able to recognize that there's something different about you and say, why is he prepared to go into this lion's den? Why is he not fighting us? Why is he not cursing at us, swearing at us, threatening us, but saying, whatever you want to do, do. I've given thanks to my God. Whether I'm alive, I'm going to give thanks to him, or whether I'm with him, I'm going to give thanks to him. This is a challenge to all Christians. Turn to the person next to you and say, the word is challenging me. Family, make a decision to serve God continually and not occasionally. Make a decision where God has planted you. I want to talk to church members. Find a house where God has placed you and serve there. Make sure it's a living church. Turn to the person next to you and say, you have to be in a living church. So as the body of Christ, we want to serve God. We want to make a difference. If somebody is in another church and they are happy, leave them there where they are happy. Let them serve God and let them finish strong. Somebody that's not in a church, has not invite them and say, come. And you yourself, if you know God has planted you, be faithful there continually, not knit one, skip one. We live in a society that's so scared they miss out. Have you seen children? 
they, they watch the TV, and they're busy on their phones. Dual viewing. Mothers, fathers, do you know what I'm talking about? Have you seen, your, sometimes you do it yourself. I just want to watch this quickly, but you're busy on your phone. It's dual viewing. Sometimes people today think they can have dual membership in a church as well because they are scared they're going to miss out. So they go the one week to this week and the other week to that, that one. No, 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 not according to the Word of God. Turn to the person next to you and say, you're not a pot plant. You ought to be planted. Say, not a pot plant. Planted. A pot plant becomes a beautiful plant because you put it in the rain, the sun, you can move it around, but it's never strong. Those that are planted in the house of the Lord, they will flourish. Make that decision. Make that decision. Say, this is where I'm going to be. And let God plant you. Amen? When you serve God continually, the one who threw him in the lion's den was the one praying and fasting for him. The ones that want to hurt you, when they see that you serve God continually, will be the ones praying and fasting for you. Turn to the person next to you and say, wow. Say, I'm going to step it up. Do you know what that means? It means by the grace of God, that which the enemy intended for evil, God turned it around for good. The next morning, verse 25, I think, 25, 26, when the king came down, he said, Daniel, did the God whom you serve continually deliver you? He says, oh, yes, king, you've just said it. The God whom I serve continually is continually faithful. He has closed the mouth of the lions. After that, the king, who did not even acknowledge the God of Israel was the one who made a declaration. He said, let it be known everywhere that this is the living God. This is the one who saves, who delivers, who's closed the mouth of the lions. And it was that humility of Daniel that God used to elevate him and lift him up. You can go and read it on, take your time, where he says, and Daniel prospered in situations in an environment, in a country where nothing should have worked out, God, by His grace, turned it around for an opportunity and changed everything in Daniel's life. I want to close. 1 Corinthians 15, verse 10. But by the grace of God, I am what I am. And his grace toward me was not in vain, but I labored more abundantly than they all. Yet not I, but the grace of God, which was with me. It says it's not about me, but it's the grace of God. The grace of God is God's presence with us at all times. When the grace of God is God treating us better than what we deserve. Paul says here, you look at me and you see what I've done. I've written two-thirds of the New Testament. I've healed people. I've traveled. I've spread the gospel. He says, I've worked harder than the rest of them, but it was not my strength. It was God's strength. When you serve God continually, 
you'll find that grace on the inside to do even more. Jesus said to his disciples before when they went to Samaria, they said, what are you doing with this woman? Why are you talking to this woman? But after he was raised from the dead, he said, go wait in Jerusalem until you've received power from on high. Then go out and now go and minister to the people in Samaria and even the furthest parts because now God's presence is with you. That's God's grace. Us that make mistakes, but the Holy Spirit is with us to help us, to lead us, to guide us. Allow the grace of God to work in you. It will create opportunities for you. When you're just meditating upon things, God will hear what you are meditating and He will answer your prayer. I have one testimony like that. When I was away now, time of resting as a time of hearing, as a time of praying, I was praying, Lord, I want to meet somebody from Israel because I want to do certain things there. I want to go there, take people there. It's part of my heart. Lo and behold, I'm just back. Somebody gives me a call. I want you to meet somebody who's here from Israel. Give the Lord a hand. That's God. That's God. I met him quickly. He started sharing a psalm that he was reading this, the morning. I said to him, that's very interesting. I was reading exactly the same psalm. That's the grace of God. That's the, he was sharing. I'm thinking, wow, this is God. Amen? Saying, this is wonderful. Jesus was, was, was Hebrew, was a Jew. Amen? Wonderful. So that's God's grace. Then Paul says, if anybody is going to glory, let him glory in God. This year where you're humbling yourself before God, acknowledging what Jesus did upon the cross, his righteousness becoming your righteousness. The Bible says the eyes of the Lord are upon the righteous. His ears are attentive to their prayers. The fact that God hears your prayers is the grace of God. The fact that you can do anything is the grace of God. So if we're going to glory, let us glory in God and give God all the glory in everything that we do. See you Thank you for listening to this audio sermon. For more information, please go to our website, www.hoc.org.za. Household of Christ, loving God, loving people.